SAFM Sound Awake. All right, let's talk entertainment news, looking at what's happened this week in terms of that side of things. Joined by entertainment and lifestyle commentator, bestie extraordinaire, Rifue Litsua. Ref, Ref, Riri. Hi. How are you doing today, bestie? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good. Thanks so much. Have you been given a second chance in life? And oh, do you wish you had been given on something? Firstly, you know what? Um, I think we're, we've all been given a second chance in life in the sense that every day that you wake up is a second chance to better yourself from the day before. I love that. So for me, I, I always consider that as a second chance because I feel like second chances don't have to be so dramatic. Hey, I survived a car accident. Though I'm not taking away from surviving a car accident, but sometimes I think people always look at second chances as these aha moments. Sometimes it's just the most simple thing as today is another day to do better than what you did yesterday. You know, Absolutely. so that's how I think. That's how I look at my second chances on a daily. What about you, my best And I guess the point here is, is those matriculants who haven't made it. You know, we're trying to encourage everyone to say, in life, actually, sometimes you do get knocked down and you okay. will get back up. Look at the story we had. I mean, in our poll clip there, this lady who didn't uh, pass her matric, but she's now running her own preschool. She's and not only made amazing. it, but she's, got, she's made it and been an entrepreneur. Absolutely amazing. And I think... Um, when we learn how to look at failure, we need to remember fail forward. Someone once told me that, you know, failure I know can be shocking, it can throw you off, but we always have to look at the, the greater lessons within those failures. Because Absolutely. even if you do make it a matric, congratulations to all those, those that have made it. There are things that you'll, you, you'll trip somewhere in life, you're like, oh, but I got 10 distinctions, what happened? So I think um, the, the biggest secret here or the biggest lesson is fail forward and be kind to yourself. That's yeah. what I keep learning every day is that, you know what, yes, maybe you didn't get what you wanted, but as long as you still got breath in that body, yeah. there's still a way that you, you can try and say, you know, as in one thing, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I just think that it's just, so, it's just perspective. I mean, you learn it. It comes with um, age and understanding and just perspective, you know? Absolutely. You just uh, hit the nail on the head. Nothing to add to that. You said it all, bestie. Okay, so let's talk today talking about hashtag Andre Leon Tully, the iconic mm. fashion journalist who passed away at the age of 73. He passed away, the first black creative director yeah. of Vogue. This story made me a little sad, but I feel like Andre has lived his life. You know, when, when people have lived their lives with purpose, you know, yeah. the late Miles Monroe was like, go to, when you die, you need to have been empty of all the gifts that God has given you. And I feel like he is one of those people that you can say, you know what, this guy came from, you know, he, come, he came from a very abusive background. He was being bullied because um, he was gay. And he decided that he was going to turn his lemons into lemonade and become the uh, the first black um, creative director. He also, to put on his resume, he used to act as well. He was one of the judges for America's Top um, Model. Mm. He's written three books. So, And I think he's really 
she was really a pioneer that was, that advocated for diversity on the runway. Because most, most of the time, you know, with runway, there isn't a lot of diversity when it comes to runway. It's like usually the same kind of people that look the same. So he was like, no, guys, but I eat diversity. We need to just put that shrink, shrink in the runway. So it, it was really sad um, that he's passed on. And I know like Abu, um, South African um, and African, actually all over the world, um, fashion designers and fashion icons were like, yo, man, thank you for being such a trailblazer and making sure now we can get into the fashion thing. Because I remember David Charlie also wrote that he was sad and then he was really inspired um, by Leon. I like a quote that he once said. He did an interview with The Guardian in 2020 where he said, I squashed the earth with my talent and I let my light shine. And that's exactly how he lived his life, where he was very unapologetic about who he was. I mean, this guy studied French. He went to one of the most prestigious um, universities that side. And he was just reflecting on how, you know, during when he he was raised by his grandmother. So whenever he was with his grandmother, he would decide to take a walk and go buy his Vogue magazine. And sometimes he'd take a walk um, going through the railway. And sometimes he would would even forget that, hey, he's being abused. um, You know, he's, he's being bullied at school. And for him, he felt like that was a beautiful world from abuse and hardship to like opening up the Spoke magazine and be like, whoo, I can also be here. So for me, I'm like, uh, this is a man that lived his life well and made so rich in peace. And I believe that no one's going to forget him. I mean, this guy was that guy. He was the guy that he really, truly believed that he was. Definitely unforgettable, and it did shine his light, not just for the black community, but as mm-hmm. the LGBTQI plus community member for that community as well in opening not just fashion, but just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the scene in, in, in uh, Los Angeles, in the U.S., in, in that side of Absolutely. things, and with, with icons as well and placing them uh, where they are. I think a lot will owe their career in terms of this space to him opening that 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 space for them. Um, I think also, the you know, uh, yeah. noting that he was raised by his grandmother. We played a clip of him. Uh, was it yesterday or the, the day before? And he speaks mm. there in the clip uh, just about his career where it started. The importance of home and and what you taught in home in terms of how you become a light afterwards in the world. His grandmother hearing a conversation between him and I think it was a, his younger brother or a cousin. Mm. And he was talking to the cousin saying, I want to get in fashion. And the cousin was saying, no, but boys don't do that. And the grandmother mm-hmm. stepped in and said, no, he can do whatever he wants to do, Andre. Whatever that's agenda what he love. is. So that's let's not limit ourselves in this household. So right. that also, I mean, having had that impact. And, and I think it's a beautiful story to note in terms of how we do begin at home in how right. we see the world. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement with you, Beth. I mean... You know, like, it, it all starts at home where a parent or grandparent would say to you, I believe in you, you know, mm. and you grow up with that. It's like people that have um, a very high self-esteem. Most of them, if you ask them, how are you so confident? And they'll tell you, you know what, my mom used to tell me how intelligent I am. You know, she, whenever I was down, she'd say to me, you know what, you can get up, let's do it. You know, God is with you. So it, it, it's so important the role that our sisters, our brothers, our family actually plays in Helping us become the people we uh, we, we become in life, um, ultimately, you know. Um, mm. I think people, the people that are really fortunate to have such an amazing uh, support system. Others, um, unfortunately, don't have that. But I think um, definitely the grandmother, I, I think the grandmother was really spot on to say he can do 
absolutely whatever he wants to do, let him do it. You know, there's no, hey, hey, because you're a boy, you mustn't do this. Hey, hey, you're a girl, you mustn't do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yes, mm. absolutely. And mm. uh, some veterans who said something, I know you mentioned some fashion designers in South Africa. Mm. Diane von Fustenberg on Instagram also said something. Um, did anybody from Vogue say something? I'm just trying to think, because I remember reading so many, so many, you know, when you read through so many, you're like, you don't even remember who's who in the zoo. But I know that there are people, I think Vogue did say something. I'm not just sure, I'm not sure who actually said what, because I mean, you know, when you go through everyone's, um, what is it called? Everyone's timeline. Um, timeline, and now you get, you, you get so stuck with how beautiful um, the messages are. You don't even look or violate the messages. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, may his soul rest in peace. And as we say, definitely. Uh, we, we definitely don't think he'll be forgotten. He made his mark. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, uh, let's talk then Michael Keaton, the actor, who's mm-hmm. uh, now in his 70s. He's, he's just uh, reached uh, the milestone of 70, right? Milestone of 70. He's doing very well for himself. I don't know if people remember who this man is. Uh, remind us. Okay, I don't know if you've seen Beetlejuice. He was he was um, Beetlejuice himself, the villain. That um, this is an old movie, so I'm yeah. exposing my age. This is fine. Where <laughs> he was a, a semi demon, so to speak. Where if you called his name three times, he would appear and he would grant your wish, basically. So he is that guy, and he's actually one of the first. He was also um, Batman once upon a time. One of the first, 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 first okay. um, Batman, yes. So he was actually just... 1992 he was. 1992, before other people were born. But it's fine. <laughs> um, but I do remember him. <laughs> so um, he was just basically reflecting on, I guess, the movie The Flash is coming back. Um, apparently they, Warner Brothers is working on The Flash. Okay. And he was saying the reason why um, he would except the role, because he is going back as Batman in the role um, of The Flash. He was just thinking about how he didn't want to return as Batman after all these three decades because, okay, so he wanted a proper storyline, he was saying. He wants to have fun on set, and he was like, you know what, because he worked with the last um, producer and filmmaker before, he'll definitely be doing this. And he was just saying, you know what, um, he, he's ready. Hmm. He's ready to do it. He's ready to suit up. I mean, look, at 70, I just wonder how Bruce Wayne is going to be looking at 70. But I know oh, Michael Keaton does look good for his age. He's really taking uh, care yeah, of himself. Yeah, I also didn't think he was 70. I thought he maybe was, he was in his late 50s. Late 50s, yeah. And he must actually does he tell us what his secret is um, to these things. Uh, you know, with Hollywood, there's no secret with Hollywood. You know what they do. But I, I'm not saying we, he we does. Do but know, you know yeah, well, that's always yeah. the first thought that comes up when we see how young they look. We think, okay, Dr. Somebody mm. did something. Mm. And most of them are Dr. Somebody. We know this, right? About <laughs> Dr. Somebody. But it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. But he was also just reflecting basically on how um, he, at some point, he felt like he was, you know, during his time, he felt like he was being a jerk because he had to now go to the, you know, you have to go to these conventions, these signings, you oh, know, when he was hey, Batman. I'm Batman. Yes. And he's like, oh, it, it really took a toll on him. So um, I'm just glad he's going to be back. I can't wait to watch him. And I know he's talented. Interesting also, I mean, with actors and I guess maybe entertainment in general, when you sign a contract um, to be in a certain role or to perform uh, something, 
Yeah. And then there's obviously the after, um, I don't know, if we can call it the ripple effect, but things like now you have to mm. engage fans, you must be on the red carpet, mm. you must do interviews and all of that. I wonder what the general feeling is about artists when they have to do those things and if it's part of the contract all the time or they just need to be nice about it after the I, job is done, do the other job that comes with yeah. the job. Mm, mm. I, you know, I don't know, Betty. That's, uh, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough because you never know because I'm, I don't know if I'm answering the question. I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking along on the right side. Remember with Monique? Monique was sort of cancelled because she was like, but I don't need, I don't want to go to all these conventions and conferences. Mm. I need to be able to choose which ones. And people were telling her, like, no, but it's a, it's a thing you're obligated, it's a contractual obligation, and um, she's got to do it. And some of these guys don't even get paid for these things. It's not like an extra, you're showing up at um, Comic-Con, here's an extra 200 bucks. It's like, hey, you paid, you go. You know what I'm saying? So you're, do yeah. you feel like it feels it's like you've been done a favor as yeah, the artist? I feel like some of them say that, like, especially with Monique, She's been most vocal out of everyone that I've noticed. And she just felt like, but you've, you've got a, a gun to my head. You know, you're not saying, you know what, hey, Mo, these are certain things we can do. Which one would you like to do? It's like, show up, be yeah. there. <laughs> At the same time, though, who best would uh, promote a movie, for example, if it's an actor and you need to do interviews and go on red carpets Absolutely. and if you're a musician Absolutely. and do tours and stuff, who best uh-huh. can, 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 I guess, promote that if it's not the artists themselves? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a 50-50 for me. Uh, I, I understand I, both sides. So when I come be, so when I but we do definitely yeah. look forward to this beautiful movie, The Flashes. I love these superheroes, so that's our one. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, ne? okay. Well, there we go. It's 70. You're still getting booked, so that's great. That's something you can mm. be grateful yes. for. Yes, yes. Because, you know, Hollywood is very ageist, eh? But mm. 70 still booked, uh, that's amazing. Booked and busy. Yep, nice for him. Let's come home. Talking scheme some actress. Uh, so uh-huh. this is uh, Pepe Idzi Matlaila. It's a, uh-huh. a bit of a sad story, but also it ends in, in sort of there's a light at the end of yeah. the tunnel for this. Definitely, so definitely. She was talking about her pregnancy and her birth and then the difficulties around that. And people were also sharing their birth or childbirth experiences. Mm-hmm. What, what was the story there? Okay, so she was just really, I think, like you said, this is a beautiful yet sad story, but there's a... There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a goodness at the end of it. So she was really reflecting on her journey, her pregnancy, her second pregnancy with her daughter, Ukaragazi. And she calls her Q. So Ukaragazi turned nine months this week. So she was just basically talking about how she had a, what is this, uh, how, how baby was diagnosed with a pre, what is a preeclampsia, where I think your high blood pressure is extremely high and the chances of you as a mother surviving and the baby surviving aren't very high. Either the mom will pass on or the child because of the high blood pressure. So basically she was just um, thanking God and all the nurses and doctors that helped her because she almost lost her baby and she almost died. She said that the doctors say that she was dead, well, um, she was dead for about three minutes because one of those things called again, you know in the movies where they put those things on you and they say clear and then they, they electrocute you a bit, um, uh, what's this basically? Mm-hmm. What, is it, what are those machines called? That's I'm not sure. Yeah, that machine. So she, she says the doctor oh, had put yes, her yes. Okay, I see that, but I don't know what it's Yes, that one. Yes, I see it, I see it. 
She, she was actually put on what she was uh, one of those were put on her for three um, just to get her up because she was there for three minutes, and they, I think she had to have a C-section while they were trying to resuscitate her, and um, she was told that the baby she was born blue because she didn't have enough oxygen going into her because the baby had died. Because, hey, all of this story is dramatic. This baby Z wasn't feeling well. She drove herself to the hospital. She gets there. She tells the nurse she can't breathe. She passes out. Yeah, she's dead for three minutes. Baby born blue. It's a lot. But basically, she was just saying that the doctor was saying she literally, she and her daughter are literally one in a million. That this has never really happened. And they still look at her and say, we don't know what happened. So she was just really reflecting and saying, God, thank you for saving us. I know. A lot of people won't make it. I mean, even during this time when she was pregnant with EQ, she got involved in a hijacking. You oh know, she almost lost it. So she was, she went through the most. I mean, oh. she lost a few loved ones. So basically for me, this is a testimony of saying, hey, he saved me. Mm. You know, that sounds like he saved me. This is really he saved me. And she was just saying, thank you, God. I mean, all this girl she's had. High, high health risk, depression, anxiety. There was a lot. But um, at the end of the day, she's still here. We're very happy that was mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I love that she's also giving credit to the doctors mm. and nurses who helped her through all mm. of that. And the fans are responding positively. Let's end with Patrick Shai. I don't even understand the story. This is the thing with, with uh, uh, Twitter that I don't like. People just firing insults at each other for no reason. So Patrick Shai now uh, is saying he's apologizing to Casper Nyovest about... Yeah posting an offensive video. Why did he post this in the first place? It's many. You know what? Me, I thought maybe you got the juice also or the tea on this. This is the situation. So I was on the Instagram, right? On Dr. Patrick's feed. And he's sitting in a car and he's just saying that he wants to be known as that guy that beat up Casper Nuvez. And then he used a and, bit and of... And Petrosha, sorry, just a bit of background. Yeah, knowing, being known yeah. as an actor. He's a veteran yes, actor. He's actor. done Iso Iso, Soul perfect, City, perfect, Generations. Perfect. Okay. And he's also an advocate for um, let's fight gender-based violence kind of vibe. Let's stay away from violence because, you know, he has a bit of a history where he now he turns his, um, his life around to be you know, guys, let's protect our women and children. Everyone is be kind to one another. So now in the video, me, what I'm confused about, he was angry. He sounded very angry. No one really knows what triggered this because Casper won't say anything. Maybe he told his other friends, but Mina, he didn't DM to tell me that then Patrick, I don't know what happened. So he's sitting in the car. He's saying he wants to be known as that guy that beat up Casper in your vest. On his tombstone, they might write that. And then he used a bit of profanities there at the end, insulting Casper's mother, you see. So, and then he decided again later on to, um, to apologize. post another video, yes, post another video apologizing, say what he did was really incorrect. He, he should have been an adult about it. He didn't mean to, uh, what is, insult Casper's mother. He's sorry that he's disappointed uh, his fellow South Africans. So I'm not sure why he wanted, you know, to get in that boxing ring with Casper Nuvez. I don't know. I don't know why everyone wants to beat up Casper. It's a most confusing story. Why? I don't even get it. I think let's just I'm stop confused. with the stunts. I don't know yeah. if it's a publicity stunt. That's what Casper thought. Don't know. I don't know if we it was. Know. I don't know. It could also be a, a, an emotional issue. Maybe he was triggered by something and he we was, don't I don't know, projecting. But let's mm. just stop it. Uh, when you feel like that, just put your phone down. Don't go on social media. That's true. That is so true. And just yeah. be like, you know what? I'll be the bigger person. That's it. Yeah, no, but we understand we have to let you go earlier today, Bestie. Oh, but yeah. uh, it's okay, it's fine. <laughs> uh, we heard you a bit. It's, it's great.
So I that promise. matters. Have a great weekend, though. <laughs> you too, Bessie. Thank you so much. Be safe. Love you, Lord. Love you. And we we'll love team. you too, Bessie. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Betty. Bye. Bye. Rifu Elitsua, entertainment and lifestyle commentator, bestie of SAFM Sound Awake, talking what's happened in the world of entertainment. 11 minutes past four. Let's take a short break.